Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Patriots Report is brought to you by Bet Online. Football is back at Bet Online, remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BLEAVE to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. Big show today on the Patriots Report with not one but two guests. We're going to look back at the 29-0 win over the Lions with Kyrie Thompson of WEEI and WEEI.com, the victory that got New England to 2-3 and three on the season. And then we're going to look ahead to this week's game against the Browns with Cleveland analyst and former Super Bowl champion Gerard Cherry, who won three rings with the Patriots. He was on the Super Bowl 36, 38, and 39 teams that won it all. First up, Kyrie Thompson of WEEI. Kyrie, give me your impression as to how things went down in Foxborough. Well, that's about as complete a team win as you could have asked for, and especially impressive when you're talking about the fact that they did it with Bailey Zappi making his first career start. I mean, he went in, you know, kind of in the fire against Green Bay last week, and you just wondered how, how he was going to respond, though it seemed like it was going to be better that he was going to have more preparation. He was going to feel more comfortable at home as opposed to being at Lambeau field. And that proved true. The offensive line made sure nobody got close to him. He operated efficiently. Ramondre Stevenson was incredible and the defense pitched a shutout. I mean, what more could you ask for? What was the bigger play in your opinion, the scoop and score from Kyle Duggar or the pick from Jack Jones? I think the pick from Jack Jones really sets the tone here because I think that at the time that the that the scoop and score happened, I mean, yeah, it blew the game wide open, but you kind of got the feeling that they that the Patriots were in control and that they were probably going to be able to continue getting what they wanted offensively and that they were doing well enough on defense to make things hard on, on Jared Goff and company. But when you take, I mean, they took points off the board. They were in the red zone. Chances are if even if that pass falls incomplete, they're still going to get a field goal out of it and still have some points. And Jack Jones makes an incredible play. I mean, sitting from the press box, watching it, it was zone coverage. He jumps off of his man to go and steal that ball, makes an incredible play to keep his feet in bounds. I mean, watching him continuously do this, whether it was a training camp, preseason, his instincts for the football are excellent for a rookie, especially. And so, yeah, no, I, I think that that play really jump-started this defensive effort. And really, if you think about it, the, the, the scoop and score was kind of the, the punctuation point in a lot of ways, even though there were more fourth down stops to come. A good afternoon for the rookies from, you know, from top to bottom, you, you put Billy Zappi in there, you put Cole Strange in there, you Jack Jones, even Taekwon Thornton got a little bit of a run for the first time this year. It was a good afternoon for the rookie class. Absolutely. And you, you talk about Taekwon Thornton at his first two catches in succession. They got him involved there with a little screen, a little slant route as well. I actually got a chance to ask him about it after the game and just how it felt to, to get hit, really. Because if you think about it, that he got hurt in preseason on a play where he was fighting for extra yards and he gets slung down to the ground. And when he got taken down that first time, he said, you know what? In a lot of ways, it was motivating for me because I knew I was fine. 
I knew I could take a hit. I knew I could get up. I knew I wasn't hurt. And I think that his role is probably only going to grow. I mean, think about that. He started off the week in the red non-contact jersey, comes back. They, they declare him active immediately, and he gets his first two catches right off the bat. I think he's he's shown signs that he can do exactly what everybody said that he could do, which is pick up where he left off, which was really good in training camp. And then you think about Cole Strange. He seemingly is getting better every single week that he's out there. Bailey Zappi, again, putting together a much more poised start um, you know, much more poised outing than he did last week, which is understandable because he had more preparation. This was a rookie class that I feel like a lot of people didn't quite understand. And a couple of the more puzzling picks, the ones that everybody had a lot of questions about, they've been performing well, they've looked good, and that's a great sign for the future of the Patriots. I'd be curious to get your take on this as someone who was there, at least watching the broadcast. It felt like the energy in the building sort of changed after Smith left in the ambulance, how did it feel for you and others? And how do you think it impacted the game in the immediate aftermath? You know, it, it was it was puzzling because we were trying to figure out what happened to him because it looked like he, he just fell down and you know maybe there was a torn ACL or some kind of knee injury because his legs looked like they buckled. But obviously you see a, an ambulance come out on the field and you realize it must be something more serious. And so there, there was just a lot of, of just kind of trying to figure out what happened. And anytime you see that in real time, I mean, I remember seeing you know, the stretcher come out for James White last year. I was at that game and how it sucked the energy out of the building for, for the Patriots against the Saints. And, and to see this obviously is even, even more serious. And, and yeah, I think that it, I mean, the Patriots obviously just kind of kept on rolling and doing their thing and moving the ball at will. But you kind of wonder what that was like for the Detroit Lions to see one of their brothers go down like that in in such a just just a scary fashion. And once again, you got to hope that he's okay. They said that he was uh, transported to a local hospital being evaluated for a neck injury. So uh, we'll be awaiting updates on that. I asked this question only half jokingly. Are we on the cusp of another quarterback controversy here in New England? No. I mean, my, that, my gut reaction is no. I just don't see it. And, and here, here's why. I mean, look, Bailey Zappi looked better this week than he did last week. There's no question about that. He operated with comfort and, and poise and conviction within this offense in a way that he, he didn't quite do last year. I, you can point to the touchdown throw that he made to Jacoby Myers as an example. Last week, that throw was probably hanging in the air for about four seconds because he's just putting it up there, praying to God that his receiver catches the ball. He just doesn't want it to get picked off. He might not even attempt that throw. This week, he does, and he puts zip on it. He's throwing it like he knows it's going to be there, and he knows that he can make that throw. His pocket presence was better. I only counted one play where I was like, Bailey, get rid of that ball. You know, don't don't hold on to it. Don't bail on a clean pocket. The rest of the time, he, he looked just so much better. So, yes, there's something to be said for that, absolutely. There's also something to be said for the fact that the Lions have the worst defense in the league, and you were hoping that – this is exactly the outcome that you are going to see. They kept the training wheels on Bailey Zappi in the red zone, just like, hey, don't try to be a hero, uh, make the plays that are there, which he did, absolutely. But I think it's going to be a different deal when you start talking about some of the better defenses in the league that might be able to take advantage of a rookie quarterback. When Mac Jones is healthy, bottom line, he's the quarterback. There is no question. There's no controversy about that. Mac Jones is better than Bailey Zappi. 
And I'm saying that knowing what Bailey Zappi has done the past couple of weeks, the fact that he's shown it's not too big for him. I saw this guy plenty during during training camp, during preseason. I've seen enough to tell you that Mac Jones is better. Don't don't trouble yourself about that. When he's ready to come back, he's the guy. All right, let's look ahead here. I'm glad you mentioned that because the the schedule for the next few games, these are winnable games for New England. Obviously, none of them are layups, but this is a real opportunity for this team to make some noise in the AFC. They're at Cleveland. They're home against Chicago. They're at the Jets. Then they're home against the Colts and the Jets again. That leads them into Thanksgiving. Are we looking at a team here that could go on a run over these next few weeks? We're looking at... In, in a lot of ways is exactly the same situation you were in last year where you had a tough start to the season. You're one and three at, after that week, four point, you come into week five, you get a win. And obviously the Cowboys game being a little bit different. I think they had a bit of a tougher schedule, at least at the beginning part of that run where you had the Dallas Cowboys and the, and the chargers. And they, they had a very nice win down there in LA, but this, this string of games is absolutely one where you could see them getting out of it with only one loss. I mean, the, the way that they're playing, if they play complementary football, the way that they are capable of playing it, and especially if you get Mac Jones, I think that arguably the toughest test is going to come this coming week in Cleveland, where you've got to go against Miles Garrett and Jadevian Clowney and, and that pass rush up there. So it'll be interesting to see if they trust Mac Jones enough to come back. I highly doubt he'll be 100%, but he's been trying so hard to get back on the football field or do you go with Bailey Zappi against that pass rush and hope that he continues to show the growth that that he's shown thus far um and Jacoby Brissett playing pretty solid football even though the Patriots undoubtedly know him very well but then after that I, I mean you've got the Jets got to prove it to me I know that the Jet they, they scored 40 points uh you know in, in a win against the Dolphins though they lost their uh, you know, second string quarterback and Teddy Bridgewater. So that's not good. But I, I think that still they're probably going to have a plan for Zach Wilson and that offense, and they'll be able to do what they need to do against them. I don't see them getting swept by the Jets. So yes, this is absolutely a time where they could go on a run and you could see them be seven and four again, just like they were last year. And then it's just going to be about where do they go from there? I noticed you conveniently left out your bears in that, you know, look ahead there. I, I don't, I don't know if I want to look too much into that, but you know, I, I'll, I'll let, <laughs> I'll let this one go. I'll let that one go. Well, I'll say, I'll say this. I mean, the Patriots should absolutely beat the bears because the bears are not a good football team. That said here, here's my caveat to this. The, the, the bears have played competitive football. They haven't played winning football necessarily uh, at least of late, but they have played competitive football and the Patriots have had a problem or two with quarterbacks that can get out of the pocket and run. Jared Goff obviously couldn't hurt you on some of those plays. Justin Fields can. And though Justin Fields stat line wouldn't necessarily indicate it, he played a lot better in week five, even though they lost to the Vikings. You're seeing maybe a little bit of the arrow pointing up for Justin Fields. So it would it will be a bit interesting if he comes into that week seven matchup in prime time, where, by the way, he had a bit of a coming out party on Monday night football last year against the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. It'll, it'll be somewhat interesting if he's able to carry that into it. But ultimately, the Patriots should beat the Bears. They just should. Kyrie Thompson, thank you so much. Remind people where they can read your stuff, where they can follow you online. You can follow me at KD Thompson 5. I'm on WEEI, and you can check out my daily Patriots podcast 
first in Foxborough, seriously, every single day I'm posting something, whether it's locker room access or just my musings about the Patriots, feel free to follow me there. Appreciate it, my friend. Take care and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Gerard, thank you so much for joining us today. Want to start here. There was a lot of drama around the Browns during the offseason, most of which had to do with the situation involving Deshaun Watson. Setting aside the very obvious real-world implications of everything that happened, how has the rest of the roster dealt with those off-field issues this team has faced over the first five games of the season? Well, I don't think the issues with Deshaun Watson have anything to do with the way the Browns are playing right now from a football standpoint. It's just simple assignment, alignment, doing your job, as Bill Belichick would say, and doing it to the best of your ability. And that's what we're not seeing here in Cleveland on a consistent basis. So granted, Deshaun Watson is actually back in the building. He can't practice for a few weeks, but I don't believe whatsoever what took place in the offseason is having an impact on how guys are performing right now. They should essentially be 5-0 and if they play consistent football. So you know, obviously if you had him in the huddle and he was playing, probably make a world of difference from a quarterback play standpoint, but I'll give Jacoby Brissett credit if you've seen him in New England as well. He's a good player. Is he the caliber of Deshaun Watson? I wouldn't go as far as saying that, but he's been pretty steady, and the offense has done really good. The issue here in Cleveland has been the defensive special teams not holding up their end of the bargain when trying to play complimentary football. Let's go a little deeper on Jacoby Brissett. Obviously, they, we know him around here in New England, and we can watch the highlights and look at the numbers and see what he's been able to do. But in your assessment as a former player, how has he done handling everything that's been thrown his way over the course of the first five weeks of the season? He's done an amazing job. Really impressed with what he's done in the sense that, one, you know you're holding the clipboard eventually for someone and that you're going to be replaced pretty much no matter what you do or how you play, but still go out there, give A-plus effort, and to put the team in a position each week in which they can win. Now, Grant's played a part in the team losing by throwing a couple of costly interceptions. But at the same time, in a lot of Browns fans' minds, and in my observation of what I've observed, he's playing very well to where my win total went from it being nine, nine in, say, eight situation to legitimately he could get us to 10 wins. I believe that. So I've been very impressed with what I've seen Jacoby do. Again, the issue for the Cleveland Browns is not the offense this week. For the past few weeks, it's been the defense's inability to tackle to be on the same page from an assignment standpoint. And the offense, to their credit, have done a nice job of having a balanced attack of pass and a run. And Jacoby's done a phenomenal job of scrambling and picking up first downs and showing that he is a dual-threat quarterback. Give me a little bit of a closer look at that the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, like you said, the offense is you know doing more than its share when it comes to carrying the load, especially when it comes to guys like Nick Chubb and Amari Cooper. But defensively, where are the breakdowns coming for this team? Ah, it's coming up from all over the place. Defensive line, incorrect stunts, linebackers not doing the right run fits, not tackling, secondary miscommunication with the linebackers as well as each other. When it comes to pass coverage responsibilities with zone concepts and man concepts, when you have combo calls, not doing what the defense dictates you do. From a leverage standpoint across the board, it is happening on this defense. And when you give up big plays in the National Football League, you know this like I know it. That speaks to you not doing your assignment. It's one thing to get beat physically because that's going to happen because guys get paid handsomely across the board in NFL to have great physical traits. But when you're getting beat mentally because you simply don't know what to do or you refuse to do it because you're going rogue, that's a whole other issue and be the case with the Browns on defense right now because they are capable. What it looks like on paper is really talented, 
But right now, they're not on the same page across the board. This is a question I inevitably end up asking everyone who comes on this podcast from out of town, but I'm especially interested to hear from you this week because there's so many intriguing guys on this roster. Is there someone on either side of the ball who we're not talking about, an under-the-radar type who might not be a part of a big-picture game preview who has the potential to have an impact on Sunday? That's a great question. And really, I would say it has to be somebody, if you're going to talk about who you're not familiar with, it has to be someone in the defensive tackle position. If a Jordan Elliott can play like he played the first game against the Carolina Panthers, in which he was rated one of the best defensive tackles in the National Football League for that week, if he can recapture that type of presence on the defensive front, then that'll be someone you walk home from the game saying, wow, if we could not stop that guy. He was unstoppable, and he did a great job of shutting our run game down. Because you have to think, if I'm the Patriots, I'm thinking run left, run right, run up the middle, run to the side, and then run backwards because <laughs> everything's working when it comes to running the football against the Cleveland Browns. If you're Bill Belichick, what concerns you the most this week when it comes to the Browns? How does Cleveland win this game? Oh, maybe this week they decide to play complimentary football. Maybe this week they decide to cross the board to communicate and guys do their job. Maybe they decide this week to do the fundamentals of tackling and coverage responsibilities. Maybe this week they decide not to tell you from the get-go or a pre-snap read that they're in man coverage. Maybe they do the little things right. Maybe they dot the I's and cross the T's. Because if they do that, they're a hard team to beat. But they don't do that. Hence, they get beat. Before we wrap up, I want to make sure, even though we reminded people at the top of this podcast, you were part of all three Patriots Super Bowl teams at the start of the 21st century. You played New England for four years. You know the man better than most of us do. Give me your favorite Bill Belichick story. <laughs> That's funny you say that, because my favorite Bill Belichick story is post playing for the New England Patriots. I mean, I got plenty of stories that I could tell you about Bill being in the locker room. But this one right here, for me, encapsulates the genius of Bill Belichick and why he's so great at what he does. We had one of these get-togethers where you bring all the guys back in town from the first or second Super Bowl, or maybe it was all the guys that won all three in that mm -hmm. span that you just mentioned. And we had this get-together at Mr. Kraft's home. And oddly enough, it was the day before a game. Tom was there and Bill was there. So first of all, that threw me off because I'm saying to myself, you guys are taking away from football to come hang out with us? What the hell is going on? That's just not what I'm used to. So I guess time changes everyone. <laughs> so with that being said, Bill started talking, and he was talking about a particular play in 2001. He gave the down and distance, time in which the play took place, and the team. And I said to myself, this dude has a photographic memory Out of all the games that he's been involved with and all the plays that he called just within that season. How in the world does he recall that particular play, that moment in time, the name of the play and what took place on the play? I thought that was absolutely incredible. And I said, this explains a lot why he's able to outthink and outdo what others in the coaching realm. Because flat out, I think he has a memory that's impeccable. Gerard Cherry, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for making time to, to, to talk a little Patriots-Browns today. Tell people where they can hear you and where they can follow you on social media. Well, heck, you can follow me at Cherry 3 via Twitter. You can listen to me at ESPN Cleveland, and you can also listen to me Sunday nights on ESPN Radio. Perfect. Thank you so much, man. Take care. Uh, thank you, man. Have a good one. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. One last reminder. This episode has been brought to you by Bet Online. Football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. 
You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.